Sometimes the enemy can see in front of you and he'll see what you're about to do in your future. So he'll try to bring a stumbling block where you are so you'll never get there because you may destroy his kingdom when you get He know how bad you are. He know how powerful you are. So he'll try to send something your way to try to hinder you from stopping you from doing what you're about to do. So people of God, maybe the test you're going through now is connected to the breakthrough that's on the other side of this thing. Manifested Glory Worship Center. Kingdom focused, kingdom minded, kingdom living. This is the Rhema Talk Podcast, and you're listening to Pastor Damon C. Johnson, founder and senior pastor of Manifested Glory Worship Center. This is our Sunday service, and we're so glad that you're tuning in. We are Manifested Glory Worship Center, and we are so proud that you are tuning in and that you are. Uh, didn't count as robbery to worship with us and to worship our Lord together in spirit and in truth. People of God, now listen, we have been, last week we began to have a conversation about faith. And so I believe that I'm just going to stay on this journey just to talk about faith because I believe in this season we need a word that's going to encourage us. And one of the things we need build up is our faith. Last week we talked about even if faith. And so we talked about the Hebrew boys and they made a confession to Nebuchadnezzar. They said to Nebuchadnezzar, uh, we're not going to bow down. First of all, we, they knew that their Lord can and will deliver them. He said, but even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. So the question last week was, do you have only if faith or do you have even if faith? Even if God doesn't do it, I still trust him. Even if he doesn't do it when I think he should, I still trust him. And so today we're going to continue the conversation on faith. Amen. If you have your Bible, turn me to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. And we're going to read verses 22 through 26. Now, today I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation because I just like the way that, that breaks it down for me in, in plain English. But you could use whatever translation you have in front of you. Amen. Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 26. Help me out here, people of God at home. When you get it, please say, I got it. Amen. If you're still turning, say, hold up. Amen. Luke is in our Bible. Amen. Luke chapter 8. If you get to the book of Mark, you're real close. If you get to the book of John, you've gone too far. Amen. Luke chapter 8, verses 23 through 26. And again, from the New Living Translation, the Bible reads this way. It says, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But, as, but soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filled, was being filled with water, and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke up him, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, listen, he rebuked the winds and the raging waves. Suddenly, the storm stopped and all was calm. Then he asked them, Where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man, they ask each other, when he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him? So they arrived to the region of Garcias, Garcias, across the lake of Galilee. Let's stop right there. And my sermon title today is Now Faith. Now Faith. Oftentimes, people of God 
we hear sermons about this text. It's a very popular text. And we hear sermons about this text. And most of the time, the concentration is on what Jesus said to the wind and the waves. And all the times we forget or we don't focus on what he said to his disciples. See, his disciples, uh, the conversation he had with the winds and the waves was different than this conversation he had with his disciples. And our dilemma, people of God, is the same dilemma that the disciples faced during this text. See, the dilemma is, or the issue is, we always want God to change the external situation for us. And he did, and he will. But Jesus is also concerned about your internal situation. What's going on in the inside of you? Okay, let's start up here. Can I, can I give you a sidebar? Type in yes, you can, so I know you're with me. Amen. It's not always what's going on on the outside that will determine the outcome. It's what's going on the inside that will determine the outcome. Hallelujah. And so, people of God, let me, just, let me just start off by starting at the end of our text. Let's look at verse 26 again. It says, so they arrive in the region of Garasius across the lake from Galilee. So guess what? They made it. According to our text, they started on a journey and they made it. Now here's the problem. They probably made it. They probably were soaking wet, but they made it. They probably was, listen, the Bible says they were afraid, but they made it. They, 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 they probably was amazed according to the text, but they made it. See, listen, listen, people of God, no matter what you're going through, I came here today to tell you that you're going to make it. You might get there, you might get there a little, little bruised up, but you're going to get there anyway. Hallelujah. No matter what you got to go through to get there, just know you're going to make it. Hallelujah. You're going to make it through this pandemic. Hallelujah. I declare and decree it now that you're going to make it. Hallelujah. So they made it. Now, they're going across the lake. Now, let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me talk about this briefly here. Whenever outside opens back up, hallelujah, we're praying the outside open up soon, amen, and we can, listen, when it's safe, we're going to go back out, hallelujah. Listen to what I'm saying, people of God. When it's safe, we're going to go back out. But when it finally opens up and the weather breaks, I know some of y'all are going to go to the beach. Some of y'all are going to go swimming to a swimming pool. Now, for those who get in the water, Amen. I know all of us don't get in the water. Hallelujah. But, but, but for those of us who get in the water, especially a swimming pool, first thing you do when you go to a pool, you have to assess the pool and you have to do a self-assessment. Amen. You got to look at that pool and say, all right, it's long enough. I think I can get across it. Amen. Then you got to say, all right, let me see how deep it is. Because if it's too deep in the middle and if I can't stand up, if I don't know how to tread water, I might be in trouble. So you assess the pool, and in assessing your pool, you will also assess yourself. Can I make it across? Will I be able to uh, get across there strong? Amen. Do, do I have the capacity to do all of this? So you always will make a self self-assessment. When I was a younger man and I was in the, the Marine Corps, we had to do, in order to be a Marine, you got to pass a swim qualification. Amen. And I can remember our swim qual, uh, it, it, was, it was a fascinating thing to watch. Um, everybody lined up to take the swim qual, and unfortunately, um, all the brothers failed. Amen. The, the brothers didn't pass the swim qual. I guess we didn't have too many, we didn't do too much swimming. Amen. Our Caucasian brothers, amen, they, they, they was jumping in like, uh, what was his name? Uh, yeah, Mike, Michael Phelps, amen. They were just knocking it out. Now, we had to swim with all our gear on. And so I had to stand on top of this diving board and assess and say, can I make it? 
Because uh, here's the thing, I don't want to quit in the middle. So I need to make sure I can get all the way across. And so, and so, and so I, had to, I had to go through that, and I thank God, hallelujah, I was able to pass my swim qual, amen, and get in there and get in there and, and become a United States Marine, amen. But I had to do a self-assessment and also assess the, the waters I was about to dive into. So let's get to our text. Now, in, in our text, we have the disciples. They got into a boat with Jesus because they need to go across the lake, okay? So they're trying to go across this lake to go to the other side. Now, understand, Peter is in the boat. Now, we know that Peter is a, a fisherman by trade. This was his job. So you, Peter is used to being in water and on water, okay? And so Peter knew how to navigate through weather. He probably knew how to navigate through storms. And so they all are looking at this lake and looking at the weather, say so it's nice outside. So getting across is something that should be obtainable. It should be something easy to do based off of their own assessment. Now, here's the thing. They begin their journey, and this is, this is part of important, people of God. They begin their journey, and in the middle of their journey, an unexpected storm comes. Mm. See, it's always in the middle that the storm comes. In the middle of your situation, everything is blue skies, then out the blue, out of nowhere, in the middle of your journey, here comes a storm. And people of God, you have to understand that, that, that it's in the middle that enemies hope that you'll quit and give up. See the, see, see, the middle is, is the pivotal moment because in the middle of something, you have a decision to make. Am I going to go back to where I came from or are you going to say to yourself, I've come too far to turn back? So in the middle of your situation, you have to make a decision. Some people in the middle will say, you know what, this is too much for me. Remember Israel, remember Israel, they got in the wilderness and they was willing to go back into Egypt because they thought it got a little hard for them in the middle of their journey. See, sometimes in the middle, that's when the enemy will come because he's hoping you'll quit and turn back and go back to the old you, go back to the old things, the old mindset. But I want you, I want to encourage you, people of God, that right there in the middle of your situation, I want you to say, look, I've come too far to turn back now. I'm going to keep on going. Hallelujah. And so we find this storm comes in the middle of their journey. Now, this storm is suspicious because they were on their way to cast out, Jesus was going to cast out a legion of demons out of a man. So let me explain this story. When they finally get to the other side, Jesus is approached by this man, and this man had a legion of demons in him. Now, you have to understand, we know it's a legion because he said that was his name. He approached Jesus and says, why are you here to torment me? Jesus says, what is your name? He says, my name is Legion, and we are many. Now, you have to understand, a Roman Legion was at least four to 6,000 men. Just to let you know how many demonic spirits was inside of this man, okay? And we know this is true because the Bible says that once Jesus cast those demons out of this man, they asked permission. That's, that's important. They needed permission to go in somewhere else. They asked permission to go to a herd of pigs, and the pigs, oh, a huge herd, probably four to 5,000 of them, all ran into the river because they didn't want to be possessed by this demon. So this is where they were on their way to do. So in the middle of their journey, the enemy comes. Oh, my gosh. Because maybe, just maybe, what you're going to do is connected to what you're going through. I'm going to say that again. Maybe what you're going to is connected to what you're going through. 
Amen. See, 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 listen, listen, listen. Sometimes the enemy can see in front of you, and he'll see what you're about to do in your future, so he'll try to bring a stumbling block where you are so you'll never get there because you may destroy his kingdom when you get there. He knows how bad you are. He knows how powerful you are, so he'll try to send something your way to try to hinder you from stopping you from doing what you're about to do. So people of God, maybe the test you're going through now is connected to the breakthrough that's on the other side of this thing. Hold on. Don't quit in the middle. Hold on. Hold on. And so, listen, I said that the storm was suspicious. It's suspicious because how Jesus dealt with the storm. Listen, the Bible said that he rebuked the storm. He rebuked the winds and the waves. People, people are, listen, you don't normally rebuke weather. You rebuke demonic spirits. We know that this wasn't a storm from God because he wouldn't rebuke the Father. So you have to understand that this storm, and understand the Bible says that Satan is the prince of the power of the air okay so understand he was rebuking the right thing hallelujah and so understand what you're going through might be connected to what you're about to go to hallelujah let's rewind the tape a little bit they got in the boat and the bible says in our text that jesus settled down for a nap so jesus went to sleep so let me ask you a question if jesus was asleep why are you tripping amen if he's taking rest in the situation why aren't you See, see, okay, right now the Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He already finished his work on the cross. So if he's sitting in it and seating in it, why are you worrying in it? Amen, lights and walls. Hallelujah. See, 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 if, here's the thing. If I'm with Jesus, if he's cool, then I'm cool. Let me, let me give you a real life situation. So whenever outside opens back up, amen, um, I travel for a living. I, I, I often own a lot of planes. Um, for work, and and oftentimes people go out when I fly. I fly a lot, and I've been on some flights. Let me tell you, I've been on some flights where the turbulence was real. I'm not talking about a bump here or a bump there. I mean some real you bouncing in the air turbulence. Now I'm normally good with that, but when it start getting real shaky, I start holding on. Amen. I start calling on Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, but 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 I've learned too. This is what I do now. When it gets bumpy, I don't I don't worry about my own emotions. I look at the crew. Because if they cool, I'm cool. If they start panicking, then amen, I need to call on Jesus a little bit more. Hallelujah. And, and, and so I, I start panicking to, to those who are experienced in this thing. And, and if I'm watching them, they cool, then I need to be cool too. Amen. And so Jesus was cool. He was asleep, and they are worrying. Hallelujah. They're worrying. And, and, and here's the thing. He gets up. They wake him up. And, and, and he, he speaks to the winds and the waves. And all is calm. They obey him. It's a sad thing when winds and the waves are more obedient than we are. I'm just going to let that marinate right there. Jesus dealt with the storm, but now after he dealt with the storm, he wants to deal with them. He looks at them, and, and, and he, he, he's, he's trying to figure out something about them. Now, now, here's the thing that we don't like. We'll go to God and say, God, change my situation, but don't change me. Amen, lights and walls. See, they wanted Jesus to change their situation, but he needed to deal with them. He needed to deal with where they were in their heart. So after he dealt with their situation, he says to them, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Now, this thing messed with me because I said, I didn't know your faith could have a location. 
Amen. See, I often ask my wife, amen, because I lose things a lot. I ask my wife, where are my keys? Amen. Where are my socks? Hallelujah. But I don't ever want the Lord to ask me, where is my faith? Hallelujah. Where is my faith? And I want to put it to you this way. It isn't, doesn't mean that they didn't have faith. Their faith existed. But the question is, where was it? What was the location of it? Let me illustrate this for you. See, people of God, as the church, I was raised in church, and I know how, we, how, know how to do church. In church, we can always have this represents our faith, okay? This is all our faith. And we can have faith in God and our past. When I think of the goodness of Jesus... <laughs> And all that he's done for me. My soul cries hallelujah. Because we can believe God because he's proven himself in our past. And we can believe God for things because he's done things in our past. And it's something we're real good at. We can believe God in our future. Ah, uh, Lord, I know you're going to make a way. You're going to turn this thing around for me. If I hold on a little while long, I know I'm going to get through this thing. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And so we can have faith in our past. And we could believe God in our future. The problem is, where's your noun faith? See, my sermon title is Noun Faith. See, here's our problem. I put all my faith in my past and all the rest of my faith in my future. But what about faith right now, what I'm going through? What about my faith I need right now to get me to my end, to my future? I have no faith left. Because I put all my faith in my past. And in my future. Can I give you a real illustration of this, people of God? In the Bible, we dealt with this a couple of weeks ago, the story of Lazarus. Now, understand the story of Lazarus. Jesus was friends with Lazarus. And, and this was his homeboy. And he was also friends with his sisters, Mary and Martha. Uh, and, and, and understand what happened in their scenario. Their, their brother got sick. And Jesus, listen, he was real close. He was only two miles away from them. They sent message to Jesus, says, your friend is sick. Come see about your friend. Jesus stayed there. Now, understand, Jesus staying there is synopsis to him going to sleep in the boat. In other words, trust me in this thing. I know what I got going on. The same way he took a nap is the same way he said, I'm going to stay here for a couple more days. Now, understand what took place. Jesus gets to, he gets to, uh, he shows up four days later. Lazarus has already been dead and gone four days, and now is in the tomb. He walks up, and guess what happens? Martha has a conversation with Jesus. She said, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would have been saved. Past faith. Jesus said, yeah, but he, he can live again. She says, I know. In the resurrection, in the future. I know that. So she had faith, listen, in the past, what Jesus could do, and she had faith in the future, but no now faith. She didn't think that anything could happen now because all her faith was dispatched between her past and her future. She, he said, what about now? Guess what he said? He said, I am the resurrection. That, that's not I was. Now, I'm going to be, but I am right now. I am the resurrection. So, so, so understand what that means. That means I could do something right now in your life. He is I, I am right now. Hallelujah. And so we need faith now. Now faith. Even the Bible says that in Hebrews, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We need some. Somebody type that in and say now faith. Now faith. He's now. He's a, he's a right now type God. He's an on time God. And I need to have faith 
not just in my past, not just in my future, but for right now. Hallelujah. Now, people of God, how many, I don't know how many of you all took chemistry in school. Amen. Chemistry. I don't know if I get too many amens on that. Hallelujah. Not too many amens. Well, if you took chemistry, then you probably did experiments in a, in a, in a, in a controlled environment. Amen. And the purpose of the controlled environment is for you to learn a lesson. Amen. Now, Jesus was asleep. Listen, Jesus was asleep on a boat. He was controlling the environment because he wanted them to discover their power. Hallelujah. See, in other words, they were, they were trying to overcome something. And what they did was, instead of them pulling on their own power, they depended on, they woke up Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, goodness. Um, Jesus was trying to teach them a lesson that what you ask me to do, you actually have the power to do on your own. I'm about to mess with some of y'all right now. Don't log off. Just hang in there with me. Amen. But let me just tell you this story. Let me tell you this story. Um, years ago when I was in the school system, um, I worked in a, in, in a school setting, and I, I was a dean. And um, one of my jobs was to deal with the discipline, amen, of the school. And um, oftentimes teachers would call me when they had disciplinary problems in their classroom. They would call me. And one of the lessons I was trying to teach the teachers was is that um, you're calling on me, but you have the power to fix it yourself. See, you're, you're calling me, so what you're telling your class is that I have no power and who I'm calling has all power. And, and understand, Jesus was trying to empower them, and he's trying to say, you're calling on me for something you could have fixed yourself. You had the same power to rebuke and, and do that. And so even today, think about this. We had the power of the Holy Spirit. Think about what Jesus said. He says, I want you to go in the upper room, and when the Holy Ghost comes, you shall receive power. So now that we have the Holy Spirit in the earth, we should be operating in power. So here I'm about to mess with some of y'all. Hallelujah. I love you, but here's the truth of this. I love that God now has us in a controlled environment. See, guess what? You, you're, you're, you're in a controlled environment, so God is trying to show you in this environment the power that you have. See, guess what? You can't come down to the prayer line right now. There's, there's no prayer line for you to come to. So guess what? It's going to show you the power in your prayer life. It's going to show you the power that you have in your tongue. You see? So, so, so understand that in this controlled environment, I'm not saying that when we open back up, don't come down to the prayer line, but God is trying to show you in this that you have power. You can pray, and things will change. You can declare and decree, and things will change because of the words out of your mouth. And it's not out of the pastor's mouth, but out of your mouth. Amen. Hallelujah. I should get some amens right there on that. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so, so here, here's the thing about this. They were all in their emotions. The Bible said they were afraid. They were scared. So let me add something else here. So maybe some of their, some of their faith wasn't in their past, or in their future, maybe they invested some of their faith in their feelings. You talked about this last week, feel-good faith. See, if I put my faith in my feelings, I mean, my faith is always changing. That means when things are good, then my faith is good. When things get bad, my faith is, is, is all over the place. And so, people of God, I want you to have some noun faith. Somebody say noun faith. Amen, noun faith. Let's look at our text. Let's close this thing out. Let's look at our text again. Look at verse 1 of our text. Verse 1 of, not verse 1, but the first verse we did, verse 22. Amen. 
Look at verse 22 of Luke 8. Look what it says here. It says, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let us cross to the other side of the lake. So they got in a boat and they started out. Look at verse 26. So they arrived. They started out on a journey. At the end, they made it. Okay? Now, the question is, in the middle. We know where you start. You start out with all this faith. Hallelujah. God, I'm believing you're going to get me through this pandemic. I know you're going to make a way out of no way. I, I, I know you're going to turn things around. I believe you for breakthrough. I need you for healing. I'm believing you for all that. That's in the beginning of the journey. But when the storm comes, when a suspicious, unexpected storm comes, in the middle of what you're going through, where's your faith? Where's your faith? Do you have faith that can endure to the end? Or, will, or, or your faith is in a place in your past and your future you can't have no faith for right now? Where's your faith in your feelings? Are you, are, are you going to turn back around and say, God, I tried it your way, it didn't work, so I'm going back to this side? Or are you going to say, right there in the middle, what I'm going through? God, I've, I've come too far to turn back now. God, I believe that if you brought me this far, you're going to take me all the way, my God. You wouldn't bring me, like the song says, I feel no way to, you brought, I've come too far to turn back now. Nobody told me to roll beasts, but I, you, I don't believe you brought me this far to leave me. God, you're not going to bring me in the middle to abandon me here. So, God, I'm going to go the rest of the way. In order to do that, I need some now faith. It's all right to have faith in your past. Because we can believe God for things in the past, and that's going to motivate us to continue to believe God because he's proven himself time and time again. There's nothing wrong with having faith in the future to believe that God's going to turn things around in the future, but where you need some crucial faith is in the middle of your storm. Some now faith. Right there in the middle of this pandemic, where is your faith? Some people are losing their jobs. and Food could be scarce for some people. The uncertainty of the future can be rough right now. Amen. So right now we need some faith. I want to encourage you people of God to trust God in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your journey. Some of you all are believing God for healing. Listen, right there in the middle of what you're going through, have faith. Some of you all believe in God for financial breakthrough. Listen, next week I'm going to share my testimony. God is making some ways. He, he's opening some doors. Listen, right in the middle of a pandemic, God can do things. We just got to have faith in the middle of it. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I want to encourage you people of God to trust God now. Trust him now. Trust him now. Execute and, and dispatch your faith right now. And say, God, I know it's rough right now. The storm is raging. And I'll be honest with you, God, I'm afraid. I am afraid. But God, guess what? In the middle of this thing, I trust you. I ain't turning back. I know you're going to take me to my future. And the enemy is bringing this storm because he's scared of what's going to happen on the other side of this thing. So God, give me the strength that I can get through this thing, the faith that can endure. We talked about this last week. Faith that can endure encourage you to have some now faith. 
Come on, get a little hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Some now faith. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Raymond Tuck Podcast. Hope you join us next time.